Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hour two, Anita Marks with you on this Saturday night. Uh, different time slot. Same show, same vibe. Teron Davenport joins us now. We've got a Tennessee Jags game on the horizon. Hopefully it's a lot better than the one we're watching right now as uh, Kansas City is up 31-13 to against the Raiders. I thought the Raiders would put up more of a fight, but certainly they have not. This Tennessee-Jacksonville game, though, uh, this is for all the marbles who wins the AFC South. Teron uh, uh, Davenport does a phenomenal job covering the Tennessee Titans, so I thought it'd be great have him join us on the show to give us a, a quick preview of the game that's uh, about to happen. So, um, Teron, welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing awesome. I couldn't be better here at, at the stadium. You know what I mean? How are you? Um, you sound you sound like you're doing a lot better than I. Am. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that, but that's but but that's great. I mean, listen, this is this is going to be an exciting game, right? This is what this is what Week 18 is supposed to be about. Unfortunately, I just had Cynthia Freeland on from the NFL Network just a second ago, and we were going through the slate, and we're like, "Oh, I'm not going to play. I don't have it to play in that game because there's just there's 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 for the first time in a while, there's very few games, very little, a, a, a very small number of games that that going into this matchup have the weight of Tennessee and Jacksonville, which makes this game really, really exciting. Jacksonville's at home. They're favored by six. The over-under is 39 and a half. Let's start that dive right now. First things first, Joshua Dobbs. Um, Thoughts on him and why has he been selected to be the starting quarterback tonight over Malik Willis? Yeah, well, I think that is something that they wanted to do because the offense just seems to flow better with Dobbs at quarterback. He keeps everything on schedule. He's more decisive of where he wants to go with the football. And it was just one of those things where they needed stuff to, to happen as far as giving balance. And he presents that for them. So, yes, Josh Dobbs is the starter. I think they're going to be in good shape just as far as what they need to do. And, and he'll be able to improve upon his performance last week. You know, there's there's a lot of people who feel that uh, Dobbs should have been the starting quarterback in Cleveland um, over over Brissett this past season. So you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think people, I don't think a lot of people out there who follow the NFL because it really he, he has had a very small sample size in regard to what he's been able to do in the NFL, uh, but but very serviceable. And I, I think you're right. Listen, if this offense begins and ends with Derrick Henry. You want a quarterback that not necessarily going to go out there and throw that doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball for 350 yards, but a quarterback that when he's out there, defenses respect the pass so that the running game has an opportunity to thrive. And last time Derrick Henry faced the Jacksonville Jaguars, he averaged seven yards per carry, which was really, really impressive. Your thoughts on Derrick Henry had last week, had last week off. So, you know, what can we expect from him tonight against the Jags? Well, I think you could expect about 757 carries from him. All jokes aside, <laughs> they're going to give him the football a lot. And I, I think that's the right thing. He's a Uly, Florida native, right? So uh, he's coming home. 
uh, in front of his, uh, his his family and friends and everything. So he'll be excited. And, uh, I mean, it's just going to be one of those games where they have to rely on Derrick Henry. And the Jaguars, they're going to be loaded up to stop him. So they're going to get those opportunities like play action. But, I mean, it starts and ends with, with Derrick Henry. And I would expect a big game, especially after his fumble, you know, the last time and what that meant for the, the you know, the conclusion of the game, like how that chipped into them not, uh, you know, being able to win. Uh, in, in regard to the passing game, you know, who, where, where's the chemistry right now with, with, with Dobbs? When he, does, when he does elect to pass the ball, who's he going to be looking to tonight? Yeah, I, I think it's really going to be uh, Robert Woods. They had a nice connection the last time they played. Um, so I would look for Robert Woods. I mean, that's who caught the touchdown, his first and only touchdown, you know what I mean, as an NFL player. But don't, don't forget about Chig and Conquell and Trey and Burks. Those are two guys I think that are going to, uh, you know, make some plays. They're those ones that get you what you call free yards, right? He could throw the ball five yards, and those guys could take it a long way, especially Chig and Conquell. Again, uh, it's Ron Davenport joining us here at 98.7 ESPN, giving us uh, a preview of what's to come with that Tennessee-Jacksonville Jaguars game. On the defensive side of the ball, this has been a team that has been riddled by injuries, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Now we know they used last week as a bye week because the game really didn't matter. What matters is tonight against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how healthy is this defense now? I, I mean, they're as healthy as they've been in, in I, I would say, a good five weeks. So I would say I would say a 7. Uh, that's, yeah, I would say about a 7 because you've got Danico Austin back full speed. You got Jefferson is off of you know a bunch of days of rest. He actually practiced two times this this week, you know, which is a rare for for him, you know, since he's had the ankle injury. You got Christian Fulton coming back. You got Amani Hooker active. So I would say they're as healthy as they've been. So I, I think that's really really going to be key here. Uh, last thing for you before I let you go, you know, not only not uh, you know of course not only does Jacksonville need to win this game in order to win the AFC South, but there's a lot of incentives, financial incentives for that team. Specifically with Zay Jones, he can make two hundred fifty thousand dollars with two more receptions. He can make five hundred thousand dollars with ninety eight more receiving yards. Um, the biggest weakness with this Tennessee Titans defense has been against the pass. How do you expect them to shut down Trevor Lawrence and this wide receiving core? Of course, you've got Christian Kirk coming out of the slot as well. How do you see them matching up against Jacksonville's pass attack? It's, it's all about being able to impact him up front. That's really what it comes to. You know, you got to get Danico Archery. You got to get Jeffrey Simmons. These guys have to get after him. Uh, Rashad Weaver, you, you know, all of your pass rushers, they have to get after and impact him, knock the ball out of his hands, make him rush throws so that way they can get interceptions. That's what has to happen in order for them to be solid in the secondary. So it's, it's really about the front line. The front end has to make it work. Great stuff, uh, Tarana. I, I know you've got a big night ahead of you. We so appreciate your time here on 90.7 ESPN. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, for sure. Take care. Appreciate you, Anita. You got it. Teron Davenport joining us does a great job covering the Tennessee Titans. Um, so, so a, a few things. Um, number one, I do believe Jacksonville wins this game, uh, but I do like the Tennessee Titans to cover. And uh, this line's been fluctuating. I, you, I was able to get it at, at six and a half this week and especially this morning, but now the line is down to six. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if it, if, if it comes down to uh, a field goal 
uh, as we heard Teron Davenport talk about. Now, keep in mind, this is a Tennessee Titans team. They had a sizable lead in this division. So because of that, they had an opportunity to rest players, and specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And they did for this reason. So not only was this, and, and, and the last time they played was a Thursday night game. Keep that in mind. So there is a lot of time uh, that, that now they've had to rest up and get ready for this game, not just from last week, but defensive players who have not been active for the last two or three weeks getting ready for this matchup. So I think defensively they're going to be ready to ball. Um, and if you do like the Tennessee Titans getting the six, then you would you should also sway towards the under at 40. It's now dropped down to 39 and a half. And again, because Tennessee's defense is healthy, here's another thing. I, I don't know about you, but I like I, I love Rabel, head coach Rabel for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, his players play so hard for him, first and foremost. And then uh, number two, like been here, done that before. So they've been here. Uh, not that that Peterson hasn't, because Peterson won a Super Bowl, obviously with the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, but the players have not in, in regard to the magnitude of all that in, in what this game represents tonight for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so again, I do believe Jacksonville wins. I do believe Jacksonville is the better team now, but I do believe that Tennessee keeps it close, and I do believe that Tennessee covers. My favorite bet in this game. I will share with you when we get back. Another thing that I look at heading into week 18 is financial motivation, right? There are so many players out there in and around the NFL that have, um, you know, in their contract, if they have so many receptions, they make so much money, so many receiving yards, so many touchdowns. Um, if they make the, if they make it to the pro bowl, if they make it to the super bowl, there's, there's all these financial incentives that are worked into their contract. So, um, and there is one in particular that I love coming up in this matchup, and I'll share that with you when we get back. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday night here on 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. Also, when we get back, uh, let's turn our attention to what's going on in our own backyard with the Jets. Joe Flacco getting the start. Jets fans, are you cool with that? Also, uh, some of the comments that came out of the Jets facility this week pertaining to Zach Wilson, uh, let's discuss and then, um, and then also, I do want to talk about Daniel Jones and uh, the season that he has, he has had, and what I feel, and I've been preaching, and I'd love to hear from Giants fans what you feel the Giants should do uh, for Daniel Jones heading into next season and beyond. Has Daniel Jones proven enough to you this season that he's your quarterback for the next few years? 800-919-3776. We'll dive into all that next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. I don't, I'm, I'm really, I'm at a loss. I, I really am. Uh, Anita Marks with you on this Saturday evening, 800-919-3776. Vinny, I see you. We're going to get to you in just a second. Uh, my best bet heading into uh, that Tennessee Titans-Jags game is Zay Jones over 55 and a half receiving yards. Why? He, he makes an extra $500,000 if he puts up 98 receiving yards tonight. He reaches 900 rece- receiving yards total on the season. He's got 115 targets this season. Tennessee is the most pass-funnel defense in the NFL because it's hard to run against them. Also, uh, Zay Jones, 70% of the time he plays wideout in Tennessee. That's their weakest link on defense is defending wideout wide receivers as opposed to slot wide receivers where Christian Kirk runs. Last time uh, Zay Jones faced uh, the Tennessee Titans, he had 12 targets and he was 8 for 77 with a touchdown. So, um over 55 and a half receiving yards. There's also over four and a half receptions for him as well. I would play that as well. Uh, I think just Zay Jones goes off tonight. That's my best bet heading into tonight's matchup. I know the calls are coming, guys, so if you can get them, 800-919-3776, and I'm sure they're coming because of uh, the soundbite we just heard from Robert Sala uh, talking about Zach Wilson. Here's the thing. Here's my problem with that, and 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 we've got LaFleur, the, the offensive coordinator, I'm going to play that clip for you in in just a second. And and he spoke to the media this week as well. Zach Wilson coming out of college, BYU. And I I say this a lot, subpar competition. Okay, subpar competition. Coming into the NFL, not a lot of experience. And the one year that he did have, quote unquote, the experience and, and the impressive season was the COVID year in college where a lot of players did not play because they didn't, they didn't want to risk getting the virus. So there wasn't a large sample size out there for the Jets to really truly evaluate Zach Wilson. Were they enamored with his athleticism? Absolutely. How could you not be? But here's, and, 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 and here's where I'm going with this. Now you bring him into the Jets, and who was in that quarterback room? Mike White and James Morgan, a rookie? Yes, Josh Johnson joined the quarterback room later on that season, but now you've got a young man coming out of BYU, heading into the NFL, with really no veteran leadership in that quarterback room. And you have him start right away. Was he ready to start in the NFL? Hell no, he wasn't. But this is what happens when you draft a player number two overall. The expectation is you draft a player number two overall, that player should be ready to go. That player should be ready to start in the NFL and help you win. So now you're not going to play Zach Wilson the last game of the season because you are looking more forward to 2023 for however you're going to try to rectify all that's gone wrong. I don't, I don't get, let, let's listen in. This is LaFleur talking to the media earlier this week as well about the quote unquote game plan for Zach Wilson. 
do you guys have that cut? In hindsight, it, it probably would have benefited, you know, just to sit back and, and learn a little bit and watch a veteran and, and do it and just kind of grow, um, you know, in this league, kind of in the back seat, watching and, and uh, getting better in practice and getting better in um, uh, through scout team and all that. But again, that wasn't the course that we went. And, uh, you know, from here, we got to pick it up. We got to pick up the scraps and we got to get back to work. So, um, yeah, uh, game plan for 2023. Jets fans, how do you feel about that? If I'm a Jets fan, I, I'm not. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm done. Like I just, I don't feel that he has it. I don't feel that he has the ability to be a top quarterback, a winning quarterback in the NFL. I just don't. I, I hope if if this is the game plan for the Jets and this isn't posturing. Um, for 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 teams because there's some talk and speculation that they might trade Zach Wilson, right? So I don't know. Is this is this posturing for them to potentially work out a deal with another team? Maybe they can get a fourth round draft pick back for him. Derek Carr is going to be out there. There's a number of quarterbacks that are going to be out there, mind you. I don't know how how do you how do you waste such a great defense another season bringing in Zach Wilson? I I don't I don't quite get it. Um, could be posturing. Let's go to Vinny in Staten Island. Vinny, you're up. Welcome in. Hi, how are you? I love Good you. evening. You do a great job. Thank you. Uh, I, if you give me time, I just want to go through what happened with Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You had a kid who came in. Flacco was one and two. By a miracle in Cleveland, he was one and two. Zach Wilson comes in and wins four straight games. Loses to the Patriots. Right? Then beats the Bills. Everybody's praising him. Then loses to the Patriots again, who the Jets have lost to 14 times in a row. Says a dumb thing in a press conference. And Salah starts a whole quarterback controversy. That destroyed the season right there. You have, you have the Bears game coming up. That was a layup for Zach Wilson. It would have been in first place, and everything would have been fine. And then the whole team goes into disarray with this effing Mike White, Mike White T-shirts. You can't do that in the middle of a playoff run. Salah is just as incompetent as everybody's saying Zach Wilson is. I mean, see, Vinny, I I appreciate the phone call. I understand where you're coming with this, but it, here, here's where I disagree with you. The, the, the makeup of this Jets team and, and the success that they have had this season is because of their defense. Let's 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 agree on that, okay? Um and because of that, you know, when 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 these guys are at practice, they can see what time it is. And even in the preseason, reports were coming out that Joe Flacco was outperforming Zach Wilson in the preseason at camp. Now you 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 roll with a quarterback who is not doing as well in the preseason, and you, you know you you are winning games, but you're barely winning games. The games that you're losing, you're losing because of uh, you know poor decision making on 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 behalf of of Zach Wilson. 
from what I understand, there were defensive players in that locker room who felt like the best quarterback was not starting. The quarterback that gave them the best opportunity to win was not starting. And now you've got a defense that's out there, blood, sweat, and tears, putting 125% on the field. But offensively, the coaching staff and the front office are not giving the team the best opportunity to win with the quarterback that they're putting on the field. Um, now what happens that locker room becomes disgruntled. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to place this all on, on Robert Sala. I'm not, I think Robert Sala had to do what he needed to do and what, what, and, and I, and I feel that I feel what should have been done as well. I think they did the right thing. I think, I think at that, at that stage in the game, um, you know, Mike White gave this, gave this team the best opportunity to win. It's unfortunate He's been dealing, he he has broken ribs. (laughs) Like, you know, the the dude, you know, ever since that hit, he's been a shell of himself. But prior to that injury, Mike White came out and he was balling, right? Let's go to Lonnie in Long Island. Lonnie, you're up. Alida, how are you, Alida? Good to hear you. Good evening, good evening. Okay, well. First of all, you're right. You're absolutely right. White was playing great football till he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I don't want to waste another minute with Zach Wilson. He's, he's not the answer. I've seen enough of him. Hey, right, next year, I, I, I'll give White a chance. But I, let's trade Wilson, get him out of there, because let's see if somebody will pick him up, if we're lucky. But I, I'll try to go out and get Baltimore. Lamar, I'll try to get him from Baltimore. No, he's not. I mean, we are you a, kidding? The, Jack, the Jacksonville's, Jacksonville's not letting Lamar Jackson go, Lonnie. You don't think Baltimore's going to do that? No. Well, well, anyway, they didn't sign him yet. So my thing is, anything's better. I even take Carr at this point over Zach. He's, yeah, he's just I would the too. answer. And I'm so yep. disgusted that we missed on Trevor. Trevor Lawrence was the guy. I, I was every... Every time I got on the phone, I'm yelling, Trevor Lawrence, whatever it takes to get Trevor Lawrence. And then we go and win those games and blow it. That That's the whole key to to the Jets. The Jets now, we would be going, we would be in the playoffs, going in the playoffs pretty good right now if we had Trevor Lawrence. You know, it's interesting. Lonnie, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Um, you know, it's it's interesting right now. And, and I was talking with Cynthia Freeland not too long ago. She She joined us in our first hour. You know, you've got the Chicago Bears and the Houston Texans uh, battling it out to not win tomorrow uh, because whoever, you know, to, to, to get that number one pick. Now, granted, Justin Fields is, is a quarterback for the Chicago Bears. It's not like they're in the market for another quarterback, but man, somebody's going to pay a pretty penny to trade up and get one of these stud quarterbacks coming out of college this season. So... You know, I, I, I understand, you know, the the philosophy and, and I'm sure the NFL and Roger Goodell doesn't want to hear this, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you could, you could go back and, and, you know, you look at draft classes and you look at teams that won the last game of the season or the last two games of the season and therefore they missed out. They are drafting now th- third or fourth and you look at the players that went one through three or are first and second in that draft class. And boy, would those players have made a huge difference for that organization. So I don't, I don't, I understand it's not the right thing to do, but I can totally understand a team tanking the last game, two games of the season 
to make sure that they get a better a better spot in the NFL draft. I, I totally get it. It makes sense. And you're absolutely right. 800-919-3776. We come back. Uh, we'll take your calls. Uh, Vinny, Vinny is, <laughs> Vinny, Vinny's back on. He has a counterpoint about Zach, about Zach Wilson. Vinny, I'll, I'll get you back. Also, James from Queens wants to talk about the Giants and their offseason plan as well. So we'll get your calls. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday night. By the way, uh, this game is over. And I have lost some money. Again, full transparency as always. So uh, the Chiefs beat the Raiders 31-13. to I was all over uh, this Raiders getting the 9.5. I thought that they would keep this a lot more competitive. Uh, Jared Stidham, not the night he had against the 49ers, that's for sure. Uh, but we've got another one coming up. Uh, kickoff is at 8.15. Uh, the Tennessee Titans going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars for all the marbles pertaining to the AFC South. This will be a good one. Uh, more to come. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Listen, I, <laughs> this game means nothing for the Jets, right? It means a lot for the Miami Dolphins. By the way, Mama Mimi, my mom's going to be on the show in less than 30 minutes. That's always a hoot, especially it's 8 o'clock. Uh, might be a little tipsy. We'll see. Uh, by the way, Jacob, you've been, on, you've been on the show when my mom's on, right? Yeah, I, uh, especially at the old stage. She used to always call up probably uh some of her football picks and just hearing you two go back and forth i love it yeah so just just make sure your fingers on the dump button please when oh. we have her on oh yeah i'll be ready yeah you know you know how you know you know how we roll um so she's gonna be she's gonna come on to give us an update what's going on with the miami Dolphins? as uh is of course that's the matchup for the jets but the jets i would imagine are, are going to be resting joe didn't you say the jets are going to have like their fourth string offensive line out there is there such a thing um you said a lot a lot of offensive players, a lot of offensive offensive line starters are not gonna play. That's what I've been hearing is that two or three offensive linemen are gonna go on the IR to end their season tomorrow. So what is it? The eleventh or twelfth offensive line combination that the Jets have had this year is going to roll out in week eighteen? So you think um so you think you don't think you don't think uh Joe Flacco makes all four quarters. You think we will see Zach Wilson tomorrow? Is that what you're saying? That's, I mean, and I don't want to wish an injury on anybody. But no, of course not. Joe Flacco is, you know, immobile. And with practice squad offensive linemen out there in week 18 against the Dolphins defense that is actually playing for something, 
I wouldn't be shocked if he's got a bum wrist or or something like that, and and Wilson has to play again. And and Wilson is going in as the two tomorrow, right? That has been confirmed, right? Yeah, he that's is going, correct. He's, he's the backup. Yeah, yeah, he is going in as the two. So who knows? Will he, will he play hero tomorrow? Um, only time will tell. Uh, let's go back to Vinny. Uh, unfortunately, Vinny, uh, we let you go before you could uh, you could finish your point. Uh, what what else did you want to say about Zach Wilson? Well, what I wanted to say was. Everybody says Mike White was balling out. The guy was one in three with not one touchdown pass in his last three games. Zach Wilson came off the shelf, played, gave the Jets a chance to win in Detroit on two separate occasions, and Salah destroyed it with his mismanagement of timeouts at the end of the game. You've got to understand something. As a young quarterback, you're going to have bad games, but he also had good games. Mike White is not balling out. Not doing anything. The guy is two and five in his career with twelve interceptions, and that's the reason he was cut five times. You can't create a quarterback controversy in the middle of a playoff run. And but nobody. But here's the thing, Vinny. Nobody. Let me say one more thing. Let me say one more thing. The defense hasn't done nothing in the last five games. They give up big play after big play. They commit bad penalty after bad penalty in key moments. It's 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 this coach. They got to get rid of him. You telling me if Babel is the coach of the Jets? They don't win more. They're in the playoffs. This Jets team is in the playoffs. I think if and, and Vinny, thanks for the call again. I, I can hear your frustration. I think if if uh, Dable, yeah, I, and listen, I, I'm all in on Dable winning Coach of the Year for a number of reasons. Uh, we'll get into that maybe a little bit later on in the show, but ha, boy, has the tide turned here, right? Let's be honest, right? And Joe, you're a Jets fan, right? Oh yeah, I am. Okay. Yes. So, so once you say last year when Gettleman was the, the, the general manager, right, and Joe Judge was the head coach and Daniel Jones couldn't, couldn't buy a win, right, uh, really the future was looking a lot more bright for the Jets with Sala and, and Joe D and all their cap space and all their draft capital and drafting Zach Wilson and Robert Sala. Now look. Listen to what Vinny just said. Wow, Dable was with the Jets. They'd be in the playoffs right now. If if you if you had the choice of having Salah and Zach Wilson as opposed to Dable and and, and Daniel Jones, who would you have? I, I don't what? even think it's a discussion. I think Exa- I think it's Dable and Jones exactly you know, without even a thought about it. But but that that wasn't the that wasn't the narrative last year. I mean, granted, this is Dable's first season. I get it. But I'm just saying, look how look how quickly. Look how quickly the narrative changes, right? I mean, it's that's how bad Wilson has played. I mean, the whole thing with Wilson this year was how much can he progress? And he's went backwards, which is what makes this even more frustrating. And, and, and again, Vinny, I'm not blaming Dable. I'm not blaming Salah here. And, and again, re- reports are... Players know. Players are, are at practice. They're practicing against these quarterbacks each and every day. And if players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, are saying, like, what's, what's going on here? Why, why, are, why are we not putting out the best quarterback that we have on our roster? I'm not, I'm not saying that Mike White is the end-all, be-all, or is the answer for the Jets. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know... Based on on the limited what you had to play with, players in that locker room 
did not believe that Zach Wilson was the best choice to give them the best chance chance to win. Let's go to James in Queens. James, you're up. Welcome in. Hey, Anita. Happy New Year. Is it too late to say that? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, happy Happy New Year to you, too. Um, by the way, Daniel Jones, if anybody has ever given him the benefit of the doubt when us Giant fans are giving him a hard time, I feel like it was definitely you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he looks great. He needs some offensive weapons. What I think the Giants should do is they should sign Odell Beckham Jr. for a one-year deal next year. Oh, my And here's gosh. why. Oh, here's why. He wants mm-hmm. to get back into the league. Daniel Jones needs a, a weapon with a lot of talent. He draws the double coverage. He can catch in the double coverage. When he's in the double coverage, the other receivers are open. And I think he makes Daniel Jones a top-ten quarterback next year because he makes those plays, those throws, that he has an offensive weapon with that much talent. And he's up and coming. He's getting better every day. I think he makes those throws. I think he's in the top ten. I think we need yeah. a talent like that. And he knows, the, he knows the team. He's been there. He's been in the organization. We immediately become a primetime game every single week. Who doesn't want to watch that matchup? I, I just here here's the here's the thing, James, and I appreciate the call. <clears throat> here's here's what I don't understand. Um, like why why go back to why go back to to Odell Beckham Jr., who's older now, who has had several injuries, knee injuries specifically. That's that's not great. Um, here, here's a list of some of the, um, some of the, the, the wide receivers that are going to be available in free agency next year. Um, and, and, and I just pulled this up by the way. Okay. I, I, so I'm just going to run through the list. Nelson Aguilar, um, DJ Chark, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, Juju, um, Jarvis Landry. Uh, Keneal Harry, Mac, Mac Hollins, who I really love, by the way, uh, he just, he, he plays for the Raiders. I, I really, I like him a lot. Sammy Watkins, Perryman, um, like uh, just <laughs> Richie James. Um, not a lot of big names here, guys. There's, there's, there's not a lot of big names here in regard to wide receivers uh, that, uh, that are going to be free agents this year. I think I think the Giants need to to focus in on um, possibly trading for a wide receiver and, and definitely making it a priority in this year's NFL draft. Making it a priority in this year's NFL draft. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Doc. Doc, welcome in. What you got? What I got is I've been a Jets fan and a Giant New York fan for fifty six years, and I watch wow. football very carefully. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you. Um, there were certain turning points for the Jets' season um, that were horrendous. There was no bigger turning point than when Rob Sala didn't understand that you don't kick the ball down the field with 25 seconds to go in a game. And he's the only guy in the stadium who didn't know that. And that's, that's really shocking, you know, because um, I've coached for 15 years, and I'm not a high-level coach. But I can't imagine that he didn't take control of that situation. I then couple that with some other lack of discipline situations. The next turning point in the season was the penalty by John Franklin Myers against New England in the first game, which nullified a touchdown, which would have blown that game open for all all due uh, respects. And, you know, the Jets' defensive bonehead penalties 
And this guy, Franklin Myers, this has been going on a long time. And then we're talking about Joe Douglas, and he's done a pretty good job, but the Jets' offensive line is an absolute shambles. And you had first-round picks. You had all kinds of stuff. And the protection is awful. And then we got the play calling where I'm looking at a guy who – I'm looking at receivers. How is it that the Jets receivers never have any separation whatsoever down the field? They don't fool anybody with any play calls. Now, I'm going to hang up my phone and listen to what you have to say. (laughs) I mean, listen, there's a lot to digest there. Um, uh, (laughs) There's a lot of issues wrong, obviously, with with this Jets team, right? And and it's evident that there are a number of of Jets fans out there disappointed in um, in, in the, the coaching of Robert Sala. I'm sure that there are Jets fans out there disappointed in the draft picks with, with Joe D. Um, for me, I, I think where it begins and ends is, is, you know, I think you need to pivot with a quarterback. You know, you've, you've got, you've got a defense that has a lot of potential here, a lot of potential. And based on the comments that we've heard come out of the facility this week, and again, it could be posturing, you know, a team doesn't want to seem, you know, uh, vulnerable if they're looking to try to deal a player. It could be posturing. But I just, I think it would be a huge mistake. A huge mistake for the Jets to come back with Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. Now, do they go out and they make a deal for for Derek Carr and have Zach Wilson in there as a number two? But, <laughs> like, Seriously? You draft a quarterback number two overall, and he's going to be in your quarterback room as a number two. I just, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's a healthy situation either. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what this team does uh, in the in, in in the off season. That's for sure. Um, quick break. We come back. Jason Fitz is going to join me. We've got a national championship game that's being played on Monday. TCU going up against Georgia. Um, him and I are going to break that one down for you next. Also, we've got Mama Mimi, who's joining me at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock uh, for a quick preview with the Miami Dolphins-Jets game. She's in Miami, if you don't know. So she's a huge Dolphins fan, so we'll get her take. And uh, Joe Wiz, as always, joins me each and every Saturday with his picks and his plays. So stay tuned for all that. Anita Marks with you, still taking your calls as well. 800-919-3776 here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The week 18 action is confusing and convoluted as uh, as it 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 
potentially will be, <laughs> we will be here for you. Uh, but also on Monday night, no more Monday night football, but we got the national championship coming your way. TCU going up against Georgia. Georgia favored by 12 and a half. Uh, the over-under is at 62 and a half, 63 in some places, but nonetheless, um, Jason Fitz, you can hear him all over our ESPN airwaves nationally, also does a phenomenal job covering college football, joining us now to break it down. So, uh, so Jason, first things first, how are you playing this bad boy? Yeah, so you are a thousand percent right. I also had Michigan. And here's the thing that I didn't anticipate from Michigan. I didn't anticipate that Michigan would forget what Michigan was good at. And if you go back and I, I've rewatched about two thirds of the TCU season after watching it as it happened over the course of the last few days. And undeniably, TCU has been really good at times and really lucky at times. They have managed to find ways to win when teams have forgotten who they are or teams have made mistakes. I mean, you look back at Michigan and, you know, the way they turn over the football, the special teams gaps, and then even more importantly, Michigan had a huge size advantage up front that they chose not to use even late in the game when I thought, you know, it got back down to a three-point game. I thought Michigan would just sit back and, and pound the ball down their throats. They didn't do that. I think Michigan, frankly, got outcoached in this football game. I don't think you can outcoach Kirby Smart and this staff in this game for Georgia. They know where they are. They know what they're up against. They know how to handle these situations. Georgia is susceptible to give up a bunch of yards. That is very true. But I'm not going to believe that Georgia forgets who Georgia is. And that's a problem for TCU because they're just flat out top to bottom. They're bigger, faster, stronger than TCU. Uh, in regard to um, in regard to a, a, a total sixty two and a half, that's a lot oh, yeah. of points. And uh, you know, one one thing in, in in doing my research in regard to my analysis in this matchup, and and that is Georgia's defense very different than Michigan. And, and one stat stands out to me big time, Jason, and that's um, contact rate behind the line of scrimmage. Georgia forty five percent of the time gets the running back behind the line of scrimmage. Eighth best in college football. Michigan, only 30% of the time, 93rd ranked in college football. And I think that's going to be a real big um, issue when it comes to TCU. So uh, just out of curiosity, points-wise, uh, over under 62 and a half. Uh, yeah, I go under. And where TCU wins is in shootouts, right? If TCU can get you into a track meet where they're making huge plays and you're making big mistakes, and TCU can win. And it's funny because on our digital pregame show on ESPN before uh, the college football playoffs, what I said at the time was, man, the one thing Michigan doesn't want to do is get into a shootout. You don't want to have to match them point for point because they're really good at that situation. But Jalen Carter, who everybody is starting to fall in love with because, frankly, we're all looking at mock drafts already, Jalen Carter is bigger and more talented than Jordan Davis in the middle of the line. And when you actually think about that, Jalen Carter was neutralized against Ohio State. I think it's one of the most stunning parts of what we saw in the Peach Bowl was that Ohio State had a plan and a way to really collapse the interior of the offensive line. I don't think that, that uh, TCU is going to be able to do that. So Jalen Carter is going to be a disruptor. That entire Georgia middle of their front seven is going to be disruptors, which is going to make it hard for Miller to get running the, any sort of momentum running the football. It's going to be right up in Max Duggan's face. I, this all makes it more difficult to get rid of the football. So where Georgia is susceptible, their corners, especially a man, Quentin Johnson should be able to get some big plays. The problem is how do you hold the ball long enough for Quentin Johnson to be able to get open? And I don't think there's a good analogy there and then a good situation there. And then on the other side of the ball, one thing that Michigan struggled with and, and this was one of the bigger surprises is that TCU plays a really interesting 3-3-5 defense where they're sending their second layer 
from all over the place. And as they send that second layer, you really have to anticipate what gap's going to be filled by whom so that you know how to counter that. Michigan didn't have an, uh, an answer to that, which considering how long they had to get ready for TCU, I think, again, speaks to the fact that they just thought they could line up and beat them down. I don't know against a quarterback that we all joke is a little older, more experienced than Seth and Bennett. I think he's going to do a better job of manipulating the protections up front, which is going to give Georgia more opportunity. I, I think this is a more lower-scoring game than most people think because I think Georgia's going to want to control clock. They're going to want to control tempo. They're going to want long drives-it-out drives. And as a result, they keep TCU's offense off the field. And the fact that you won't be able to handle them at the line of scrimmage means I, I like Georgia. I like the points, and I actually like the under. Jason Fitz joining us here on uh, on ESPN, breaking down, of course, your national championship coming your way on Monday. Um, okay, I want to I want to dive into some prop bets with you. This is where I I love prop bets. You know me. Um, and so let's talk about a few that are already listed here for this game. A few things. Number one, Georgia's pass rush, not that great, especially with, with Nolan Smith not playing, right? So I think a lot is is going to be on Max Dugan. Um, also, um, you know, you've, you've got a Georgia offensive line that's seventh best in college football in pass protection, and TCU is ranked 100th in college football in regard to pass pressure, getting after the quarterback. So with that being said... Uh, so Dugan over one and a half touchdowns as well as Bennett. Uh, Dugan over 233 and a half passing yards. Uh, Bennett is 278 and a half. Uh, in any of these that you are going to play with the over under, I do believe how these teams are going to score points is through the passing game as opposed to the rushing game. So I'm on the over in a lot of these. Any of these prop bets in regard to the quarterback position interest you? Yeah, I like the over on Max. Uh, again, because Quentin Johnson can get open deep, and uh, it's amazing. There was a play in uh, the semifinal game where, you know, Quentin's coming over the middle, and it's a really easy tackle for Michigan to make. And if they tackle him, it's a fourth down, punting the ball, whole game looks different. Instead, it breaks into a 76-yard touchdown. Why? Because they under-anticipated the speed of somebody that's also huge. So that happens in these games, and if you look back at TCU, it happens a bunch. So Quentin's ability to go deep and, and really to take a mid-level pass and make it a deep pass, I like the over for Max passing-wise. Seth is a lot more interesting to me because, again, I think Georgia is going to try and come out and slow this game down a little bit. So and the question is, is he going to get over? And I think he's at 278 and a half is that number. That feels aggressive for me. I'm actually on the under on Seth and on the over on Max, which is only funny because, again, I think Georgia wins this game uh, running away. But uh, I, the, the yardage for me – on Stephen Bennett, the artist, that, that number is high. It's the, you're asking a lot in this game, considering I think they are going to try and slow the pace of the game down. Um, last uh, quarterback prop for you, um, Max, over under 27 and a half rushing yards. We've seen how masterful he is uh, when he's scrambling with the football. Do you think he has a lot of success against Georgia? Yeah, that's over, 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 over. I am such a fan, and I, I don't care right now if we're talking about the NFL or college football. The over on quarterback rushing has become this year one of the easier bets to hit constantly on these props. Like, I feel like everybody underestimates. And plus, we live in a world where when you start talking about 27 and a half, you need two big runs that are off schedule for Max at any point in this game. But when you start talking about just rolling out and avoiding the middle of that defensive line that I think will be able to sort of 
stand their ground in that situation, that leaves the opportunity for Max to have to run around, Max make a play. That gets pretty easy, to, that over for me. I, I am a big fan of taking the over on quarterback rushing props, and this one will be the same. Um, last one for you before I, I do, before I let you go, I, I know there's an NFL play that you like heading into Saturday's matchups. I want to, I want to tee that up for you as well. But, um, you mentioned Quentin Johnston, uh, for him to score a touchdown plus plus one twenty. Okay. Uh, receiving yards is over under 87 and a half. Any of those play, uh, that, uh, in, in any of those, those prop bet plays you like. Yeah, hundred percent. Because he's going to get over that. Like I'd be, I'd be stunned if he's not in a hundred, hundred and ten yards receiving. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's certainly going to get a touchdown out of this. So I think those are pretty easy. Like it feels like we have underestimated the star here in Quentin Johnson. Who, by the way, again, if you're an NFL junkie and you're watching him for the first time, watch him. You're talking about somebody that by the time we get to the draft is likely going to be a top eight or nine pick in the draft. There's a reason he's a size advantage on the outside, especially against Georgia. He's still going to be a size advantage. And sneaky speed. Yeah, I, I, I like him in the 110 yards, uh, you know, two touchdown range. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I love it. And again, you can get it over 87 and a half at minus 115. So what does that mean for those inexperienced betters? It means you're laying $115 to win $100. Um, okay, before we let you go, Jason, again, Jason Fitz joining us here. Uh, let's, let's talk about, I know there's a Saturday game that you're eyeing. Listen, as of right now, there's very few and far between uh, that, that I feel really confident about betting until we really understand the landscape of how the NFL is going to move forward considering that they canceled the Cincinnati Bills game, but nonetheless, Tennessee going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jags favored by six, the over under here is 40. How are you playing this matchup? Yeah, this is a hundred percent all in on Jacksonville. I'm surprised they're only uh, six, uh, six and a half. So I think where I got them, I, I am surprised that that was the number because the Titans are in full implosion mode. And I know a lot of people don't watch the Titans. So I'll just tell you that their defense has been decimated by injuries. Uh, Their offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL this year. They're starting Josh Dobbs at quarterback who, uh, you know, came in last week uh, about eight days after he was signed off the practice squad because Malik Willis isn't ready to play at all in any level. The Titans are essentially mailing it in at this point. That's stunning when you talk about a team that could win and still win their division. The Titans are going to get absolutely destroyed in this matchup. Their defense is susceptible, too. So I like uh, I like uh, Lawrence to be able to have a big, big day passing the football. Uh, I like ETN to be able to go off. And I think Jacksonville is absolutely going to embarrass the Titans on national TV on Saturday night. I am confident in this one. There's a lot of incentives in this matchup as well. Zay Jones, wide receiver for the Jags being one of them. Uh, and we're talking about $250,000, 500, almost a half a million dollar incentive. So I like over four and a half receptions might be my favorite bet for Zay Jones and over 49 and a half receiving yards for, uh, for him as well. Uh, really great chemistry between him and Trevor Lawrence this season. And, and I do believe that uh, Trevor does look his way to make sure that his guy gets paid, pay that man, his money. Um, Jason, um, so great having you on. Uh, we got to do this more often, my friend. Anytime the bat phone is always answered for you. You're the best. I appreciate you, Anita. You got it. Happy New Year. You too. Again, Jason Fitz joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. That Tennessee Titans game about to kick off in just about 12 minutes. So Jason and I on opposite sides. He says this is going to be a complete beatdown by the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you believe that, they're favored by six. I believe that Jacksonville is going to win, but I do believe that Tennessee is going to cover. So I like Tennessee getting the points. 
Again, my best bet is Zay Jones over 55 and a half receiving yards. He needs 98 receiving yards to make an extra $500,000 tonight. I think he reaches that number. We come back. We kick off hour number three. Mama Mimi's going to join us next here on 98.7 ESPN.